and now it's time for Leadership of the Leaf with Dice and Austin. Let's jump in with a cut and a light. Welcome back to another episode of Leadership of the Leaf. My name is Austin. And I'm Dice. And Dice, what are you smoking on today? I am smoking a cane straight Negero. Citizen, Citizen cane? I think it's made by Oliva. Oliva. Ooh. Oliva. And I was reading okay. too. It says strong, complex, and smooth. Smooth. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. Just like my Hennessy. Uh, I was going to say, I don't even know why I bother asking you anymore what you're <laughs> pairing it with because it's just Hennessy. Hennessy VS, sir. Mm. What? I mean, I would say what a surprise, but it's really not a surprise <laughs> at all. Well, um, how, about, how about yourself? I am smoking a Charter Oak Connecticut cigar. All right. I like Charter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess it's kind of a budget brand, but not really. All right. And you are pairing it with? Uh, I decided to go with a mojito. Ah, no one is ever upset if you ever drink a mojito. Yeah, I didn't. And in fairness, I ran out of bourbon. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I drank too much bourbon. <laughs> so I had rum. So I made a mojito. <laughs> uh, my kid said something about Hennessy. It's like, I think you have enough. And I was like, are, what? Are you are you serious? <laughs> let me teach let me let me teach you something right now, kid. <laughs> what are you, my wife? Chill out. <laughs> that's that's never a, that's not a thing. That's not a thing at all. It no. is never, never too much Hennessy. <laughs> no. My wife went, she goes. She goes, hey, uh, I'm going to go buy some more bourbon. Do you want the small or the big bottle? I was like, why are you asking this question? What is this? Why, why are we even talking? Like, what are we talking about? Are we talking about practice? Are we talking about the game? What are we talking because about? Practice? A small bottle is practice. Yeah. I'm in it for the game, baby. I'm, I'm in it for the game. I'll be talking about practice. I was, like, I was like, what am I staying at? Like a hotel where I'm not really doing anything? Like, what's going on? Like, no, I'm, I'm, ready, for, I'm ready to go. <laughs> my own punishment or some shit what the yeah. fuck <laughs> right uh, what's a cigar segment going to be about today so the cigar segment I want to talk about a little bit about the history and the current image of smoking cigars status symbol what does it mean if somebody sees you smoking a, a cigar what do they instantly think of when they see you smoking uh, a stick of tobacco all right. Well, I kind of have an idea already. Yeah. Because this um, is one of the things that everyone always mentions when I smoke a cigar in public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I already know. We already know. Uh, and then for the leadership topics, we're going to talk about a few things that you should avoid as a leader. There's no set number or just things you should avoid as a leader. Um, with that being said, I want to jump into the cigar segment. So, obviously, we know cigars are a symbol for wealth and power. Yes. Ha <laughs> ha, Kingpin. Ha, yes. Um, <laughs> so, during the reign of Queen Victoria, smoking was basically limited to your home and, uh, and or a private club. However, after she died, King Edward VII ended the ban by saying, and this is back in olden times right gentlemen you may smoke <laughs> i can hear that today sir right yeah right gentlemen you may smoke oh hell yeah i lit up right there <laughs> bitch what <laughs> i'm pretty sure that led to everyone like smoking in public yep it sets the standard saying that we are prestigious yeah all the aristocrats the courtiers the <laughs> The, the court people who made up the king's court you know they're like they're smoking in public and it's oh man that, those guys must be must be somebody because they're smoking sticks <laughs> and the king said they can smoke so they must know the king <laughs> but the the thing that cigars get every, everyone always mentions me like it's such a luxurious item it's a luxury item oh, 
but see my thing is is and this is where this is where i kind of go a little bit off track but i consider i consider cigarettes a luxury item you don't require cigarettes right it's a luxury item same thing with like anything with video games or uh spirits like alcohol or anything like that that's still a luxury item correct yeah you know the price of cigarettes nowadays i have like ten dollars a thing i don't know it depends on yeah. where you go each state has a different tobacco uh tax that's crazy yeah, anyway. it's, it's ridiculous but anyways yes they are a luxury item but back in 1929 when the stock market crashed and people were jumping out of buildings and everything else there was a substantial decrease in cigar con- consumption um which actually just further enhances the fact that they are still a luxury item people didn't have the money to just go out and buy cigars well yeah especially like you see celebrities and stuff on tv smoking them to try to bring it back into the mainstream it's just during like the Great Depression time frame or whatever, just seeing that is going to put you in that same category. Right. Well, like sports. Well, make you feel like it. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to emulate, you know, the, the their favorite sports star, right? Um, Alan Iverson uh, back in the 90s was ma- known for a particular way of dressing. And so then it became a way of how a lot of people dressed. Um, you know, my, look at the new newest Jordans that come out. You know, they want to be like Mike, right? And so everyone wants to do that. <laughs> so during the Great Depression, they had like Babe Ruth. Well, Babe Ruth was famous for smoking cigars. So they were trying to be like Babe Ruth. And he was a, a national treasure, so to speak, I guess. Um, so they were trying to do that. I mean, even people like uh, Al Capone, you know, they made millions of dollars from the American Mafia. They were making millions of dollars during Prohibition era, era selling to... Um, not just thieves and criminals and the like, but they were selling to people in the boardroom. To, hey, you know, people in the boardroom wanted their wanted their alcohol just like everybody else did. So they made a bunch of money. So Al Capone was like, ah, I could smoke cigars. Nah, she, because I'm more <laughs> of a CEO. <laughs> I can just see, I mean, even just thinking of like gangsters and mobs like that, you, you can't really picture not one of them having a cigar. You can see a group of them but one mm-hmm. of them is going to have a cigar in that group. 100%. It's it just synonymous look at, with look at, look at Goodfellas. I mean, there's movies, Godfather, Goodfellas. Um, Sopranos. Uh, Sopranos. I was like, Scarface had cigarillos and stuff, but that was more about cocaine than anything else. But, <laughs> but even they still had, like, cigars. They were smoking cigars because it was... They had the money, right? They had the money because they were... I mean, however they acquired the money is not at issue here. The fact <laughs> is that they had the money. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I like those Cuban ones, eh? You go down the store and you pick me up a few of those Cubans. <laughs> you bring me back the change. I know how much they cost. <laughs> or a slap in your face. <laughs> oh. Oh, but, getting hate mail. oh, yeah. <laughs> Comment at Dice. Right, <laughs> at leadership of the leaf, and then just put dice. <laughs> Hate your face. Um, but uh, during back then, you know, so then the then 1980s happened, right? The stock market started booming again. We came through the Great Depression. People had more money than they knew what to do with. They could, so they were like, okay, fine. And back then, all I could I picture the 1980s, right? And now all the corporate boardrooms, they had the French cuffs. Their suspenders, their <laughs> slick back hair. The stock market was just booming with men of Wall Street. Uh, and they were just seeing smoking cigars because they're like, oh, I just made this big sale. Yeah, sold off this much at three and a quarter, blah, blah, blah. Like, smoke a cigar. So it became, yeah. again, a symbol of wealth, power, success. Well, during that time frame, I know it started, it was the very beginning phase of a cigar boom. That's when uh, all kinds of manufacturers and different startups will come out with whatever cigar they can get on the market yeah. just to sell to whoever they can sell because people's making money hand over fist so yeah if they could get us they can get a sell then they'll, they'll be good if they couldn't get a sell then of course they're going to die off eventually and uh now we have some of the mainstays that you see today there's so many that didn't make it yeah well you know i mean you, you had the the 
Romeo y Julietas, you know, stuff like that. But even like, but like Arturo Fuente and Macanudo, who are yeah. some of the big players, you know, they came around in the 90s. Um, you know, when when the first cigar boom was kind of happening, but you, you, you know, you still had quite a bit of the old, old parent companies, so to speak, you know. Um, the, and those weathered the storm, uh, but a lot more came around. Yeah, so I, I could just see in the 90s people thinking they're elite, they're big hot shit because of the stock market in their favor and wearing their cuffs. Uh, would you say that would be near the start of the bespoke era? Yes, yes, I would, I would, I would say that'd be probably right around right that bespoke era. Probably the start of it, in all honesty. Yeah, yeah. who knows? <laughs> Only the people who actually write history. Well, as I see fit today, cigars are still, uh, in my opinion, it's still a status symbol. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, today, um, but they, they've gone, they've gone a different, different approach, right? It's not so much that you know, everything goes through through phases, right? So back in the day it was all about strength and they didn't want anything that you know they couldn't feel the punch of and stuff like that um, yeah yeah punch me in the face with nicotine hell yeah <laughs> i'm a badass um now they've kind of taken a little bit more of an artistic approach or a boutique approach and i i, I liken this to what whiskey and beer are going through right you know you have all these craft breweries you have all these little little tiny distillers of of you know the the whiskey and the beers and stuff like that and they're like oh look if you pair this whiskey with this other thing and make it a rosemary whatever and you're like <laughs> dude i just want an old-fashioned no you gotta have a sprig of rosemary and this and <laughs> motherfucker if you don't just put the <laughs> sugar in the glass with some bitters some water and some rum and then stir it all up i'm gonna punch you in the face <laughs> but like if you don't know how to make it old-fashioned just say it don't talk about rosemary and thyme and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then and then you know the beer that you know going through the IPA phases and stuff, where it's like, oh look at this, it's so bitter and hoppy, oh it's so good. And I'm like, IPAs aren't aren't, aren't that good. I, I, <laughs> don't get me wrong, I like an IPA every once in a while, but I don't think they're that good to where you know people talk, rave about them as much as they should. I'm not really a beer guy, sir. You don't say. <laughs> well, I, I know it's hard to believe. I know, right? Hennessy just stays the same. All I got to worry about is what color of Hennessy I want. Mm. <laughs> mm, vanilla and almond. I love it. Mm, yes. Um, <laughs> but now, so, you know, now, I mean, so as cigars go through this little little boutique artistic type approach where people are wanting more flavor rather than just strength they actually want to taste their cigars so and then you get the rise of the internet so people are like able to uh you know get more informed because magazines like cigar aficionado half wheel all these other you know publishers uh they're able to post articles online and give the average consumer more information and you know, then so you can be up on the latest brand and you go, oh, yeah, well, you know, Blackwork Studio just put out this other one and oh, this person just put out this l limited release or whatever. Yeah, a lot of the mainstay tobacco companies, uh, cigar companies out there, they utilize the magazines that you're talking about so they can advertise their boutique-ish type brands because everyone's going to always go to the old, the, you know, the, the usual, the, the norm. Yeah, everybody's going to go to that, but Padron may start up a little company and start their own boutique brand so they can experiment with flavors and have a limited edition run and all that stuff. Now, back in the day, you walk in, you're like, I'm not getting that shit. I'm just getting whatever I normally well, I get. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now I see this new boutique brand on the internet or in Cigar Aficionado or something. I'm like, oh, 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 I didn't even know that was made by Oliva. I didn't know that was made by Davidoff or whatever. And then yeah, you pick I it up. I drew, drew State made one of those. Yeah. Well, yeah. that, uh, that only increases the portfolio of all these companies and uh, of course increase the flavor profile and find what something you might like something you may not like who knows try them all right exactly and speaking of flavor profile how's your first third 
Man, that was a great segue. That was a beautiful <laughs> segue. Patting myself on the back, folks. Yeah. Patting it. Uh, there you go. All right. I'll, I'll take it. <laughs> well, I am extremely in love right now because it's cocoa and coffee and it's, mm. it is smooth. I might have to pick me up some. Well, that I thought it was going to be harsh because it says Ligero. So I was like, ah, okay. But no. Really smooth. Mm. Smooth caca- cocoa and coffee, hmm? Mm-hmm. Based on facts. So I get vanilla with some uh uh balsa wood? Damn. Alright. Maybe a little bit of cashew in there in there. But I definitely taste vanilla. It's kinda got a little bit of a sweetness in there, but there's like a woody cedary oh not quite cedar that's why i made that's why i said balsa wood but i don't know it's it's interesting it's definitely not bad it's smooth um it's a little bit less fuller body than what i would like normally all right yeah so it's a little more on the mellow end yeah 100 percent on the mellow end which is not not to say that's a bad thing it's just not what i typically reach for um you know, don't get me wrong. I, I like Connecticut's. Um, I feel like this one could just be a little bit stronger. Uh, get, you know, give me a little bit more of a punch or something, spice or something. I'd be a little bit happier. Charter Oak is is a good stick. Uh, but it's it like is. you said, it's a budget stick. So did it hold right. off? Maybe. I mean, it's not bad. Don't get me wrong. It's not bad for the, for the price I paid. But... I don't know, six bucks mm. per stick, I think is what it was. Something like that. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not a bad stick. Six bucks, I'd be okay with it. But for six bucks, I'd probably, I don't know. I think I could probably go find a Camacho that has a little bit more flavor and be a little bit happier. Okay. If that makes sense. That makes plenty of sense. I mean, well, it's not, like I said, it's not a bad stick. I would, I, I have another one. I'm also so in fairness and full transparency I'm not digging this one as much as I should because this thing has been um, just a draw nightmare I actually had to do a king, uh, king's cut or a crown cut on it alright um, just to try to open up that draw a little bit I've poked it a couple times trying to get that try to open up that draw and it's just not quite opening up the way I want it to which I think might mute the flavors a little bit so I'm hoping the second one that I smoke will be a little bit better, a little bit more flavorful, and be a lot happier with it. All right. All right. Well, I, I like it, sir. I, I like your full transparency there. Yeah, you know. Um, but I think back to you know back to the the boutique brands. I think cigars status symbol has changed. I think it's not just hey, he's rich, he's this, he's that. And that's why he's smoking a cigar. I think it's more along the lines of, hey, what stick do you have? Oh, well, I have this limited edition Eye of the Tiger from Davidoff because it's the Chinese (laughs) New Year. Mm, Yes, it's Year (laughs) of the Pig. Mm. Like, okay, cool. Like, oh, they only made 300 of these and I have one. Okay, so it's not, not just that you're smoking a cigar. It's you're smoking the rarest or most flavorful or the highest rated cigars sometimes that's a, and and that's not i'm not saying it's a bad thing to do that um they create great cigars everyone cre- creates good cigars but i think it's changed to a more rare rare the rarer the cigar obviously the better it is oh this is a 300 dollars cigar okay yeah but it tastes like shit so <laughs> are you really happy with your with your decision I, I have noticed that like uh, you'll see online or something that like there's only going to be 500 of these released and you know a part of me is like oh man I wouldn't mind trying one of them but the other part of me is like I'm not going to go chase something that that I'm going to love I'm fall in love with it forever and there's only 300 right yeah exactly and and that's why you know manufacturers are now trying to create and market their cigars in limited editions one off hey Padron 1964 Anniversario series that won cigars here in 2021. <laughs> Fuck you pieces of shit. Uh, cigars based off of movies or TV shows. They had the CAO had the Sobrano. There's a Sons of Anarchy uh, cigar. Mayans. 
There's a Mayan cigar. Yes. So they're, you know, they're like, oh, look, we have these limited edition. Oh, look, we have, it's, you like, you like mainstream media. All right, here, boom, here's that cigar based off of this show. Like it's, it's rough and tumble, just like the Sons of Anarchy. All right, dude, got it. It's a cigar. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't I don't get it. Some people live for that chase. I think that's a whole nother level of brotherhood of the league that, that goes out and try to find these rare of the rare. I'm just not that guy. I enjoy a good stick. Just moving forward. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it by any means. By all means, there's nothing wrong with, with you know, chasing down that, that thrill. Everyone gets a thrill somehow, some way. If, that, if yours is going and... Um, Getting the rare sticks, go for it. Do you, boo? I ain't, I ain't mad at you. All I'm saying is that I don't care to do it. Yeah, I, I could see cigar companies doing that, doing the, uh, what's that, FOMO? Yeah. Fear of, fear of fear missing, of missing out. out. Yeah. yeah. So I, I can see that. that. I mean, there's nothing wrong. Like you said, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, mm, you, you're not going to get me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I mean, there, I mean, the whole thing is meant to capture the magic and create that sense of luxury, uh, like being in the show or, or oh yeah, I got this. Oh man, I paid thirty three hundred dollars for this one cigar that they made <laughs> five hundred of, and I got one. Like okay, it's eventually going to go up in smoke. You know that, right? <laughs> like, but I also I also think you know that you know now people are also going. Ugh mine is a mexican puro no mine's nicaraguan with honduran filler and then i have a uh indonesian binder or something like that not saying that those are bad things but they're also talking more more people are talking i've heard more talk about construction of cigars with what type of different um tobacco are in the cigars at just at your regular brick and mortars i've heard i've heard that more talk about that than i have in the past five ten years yeah, uh, the image of cigars is definitely changing that in that aspect of calling someone a cigar aficionado, thanks to the magazine. And anyone that's like captivated by smoking a cigar and actually enjoy it, they're going to get into the, the deep dive of it to enjoy it a little more. You know, you kind of deconstruct what you love. Right. Uh, I mean, cigar, cigars are still somewhat of a, a niche. Um, kind of a market so to speak because nowadays most everybody is hey can you share it over social media can you share it across the internet can you you know can i if you're if i'm watching a video and i see somebody smoking a cigar okay cool i just scroll to the next video i don't smell the smoke i don't get the aroma i don't i don't can't like hmm i wonder what that tastes like i you know i don't get any of that stuff uh so they have to sit there and pair it uh, that's why a lot of times I think you see on these on these forums or the Facebook groups or whatever it have you, you know, these guys and gals are are they're they'll smoke a cigar, but they'll be in like clothes or they have a nice wristwatch on, or you know, they have all these uh, everything else to try to make you feel like, oh, see, I have I have all this stuff and I look how good I look, and now yeah, by the way, I have a cigar with me and it's Perdomo. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, like, that's great. But you still can't taste what the Perdomo tastes like, you know? Well, yeah, they're trying to portray like an image. I mean, just like uh, when cigarettes, what, Winston cigar, cigarettes had the cowboy and the camel yeah. was cool and stuff like Joe that. Camel. So, yeah, so on social media, that's, what, that's how they're going to try to present it. Eh, that's fair. That's fun, I guess. But... If you ever go to a cigar, an average cigar lounge, you're not going to pick up on what watch the guy is wearing. You're not even really going to care. Uh, the whole thing about these tubes of tobacco is just for everyone to enjoy, to relax, and pull the common man together. So the image of smoking a cigar is more of a brotherhood, in my opinion, from what I see on my side. Because I'm not over there trying to rub elbows with the millionaire. I'm just trying to rub elbows with someone that enjoys Leguero just as much as I do. Right, yeah, and that's and that's my thing. We've talked about this in the past. You know, you go to a cigar shop or or a lounge or whatever, and you start smoking. You have no idea who's sitting next to you. Could be the owner of the cigar shop. Could be the owner of a sports team. You know, you have no idea. You're just sitting there having a good conversation, and that's what it's all about. In my that's, eyes, that's all I really want, anyway. Good company, good fun, good smokes. Yeah, yeah, that's all. It's really. 
Really good. Uh, you and your second third? Or you need uh, to wait until after the break? I'm pretty close to it. I don't want to give it any uh, injustice. Is that uh, injustice? Is that a word? Yep. It's also a video game, I think. Video game. Do I play video games? I don't know. No. The answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, then. All right, then. Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, all right. Nah, I'm kidding. I'm just having fun. Yeah. Uh, well, all right. So so tell me, you want to wait till after the break? Do your second third? Yeah. Are you going to? Uh, yeah, let's just do it after the break. Yeah. We'll, we'll do it all right. right after the break. We'll come back from the break and Dice will tell us all about his second third. So that way he can do it justice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. Don't forget, we need to follow the podcast so we know when new episodes drop. All right. Welcome back. We had a short break and I was just getting in my second, third here. Yes, yes. We are all waiting on bated breath. (laughs) For you to tell us what your second third is. <laughs> the second third of my cigar, the cocoa kind of wore off and okay. is leaning more towards leather and oak. It still has a slight sweetness to it. I want to say maybe it could be like leftover coffee, but it's definitely more of a leather component coming in. Okay. So mine is is cedar. Mm. I'll say like a nutty, like almost like a, maybe a cashew or something. Uh, and then a little bit of pepper crept in the back end. That vanilla has kind of gone away. Uh, it's been replaced by pepper. Oh. That seems like a, a very different transition, vanilla to pepper. It, it was interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's not bad. It's, you know, I asked for more spice. I'm getting more spice. <laughs> there so, you go. Can't, there I can't you complain, go. right? No? Well, you can, but... Like, <laughs> Then wow. I'm gonna be a loser. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna talk about some things you should avoid as a leader. Yeah, yeah. I already know everything. Don't worry about me. I know everything, but it is to do about this uh, this this topic. We can oh, just go ahead and skip it. We can just go ahead and skip it. That's why mm-hmm. I saw what you did there. Because hey. one of the first things is. One thing a leader shouldn't do is believe they know everything. Oh, I shouldn't do that? Nah. But I know everything. <laughs> uh, this is the one where most people are like roll their eyes. But, and you know, it happens more often than you would think. Yeah, you know, this is this is the one everyone says, oh, you know, you guys can't think you know everything. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one ever thinks they know everything. And, and then they, you know, and then next time you sit in there trying you your subordinate or, or your wife or whoever is trying to like talk and you're trying to finish their yeah, thoughts trying to for finish them. Their thoughts for them. Yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> you're basically telling them that you already know everything and, and you, you may not do it consciously, but it's subconsciously that you're sitting there just being like, I don't, I don't need you in my team because anything you bring to the team, I already know. And I'm just going to walk away. Um, yeah. You're basically yelling that out loud to anyone that can hear it. Like, right. I, I, don't, I don't need you. That's what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. If I'm if I'm gonna sit there and finish finish somebody's thought, or or try to guess what they're thinking and cut them off, which upsets me to the nth degree because my wife does that to me all the time. I'll be sitting there talking and trying to come like tell her my idea, and she'll like go off in a different direction of what I was saying. And I was like, "Are you are you done?" Because I I was not. That's not what I was gonna say. <laughs> and she's like, "Oh." sorry and then i'll tell her and she's like oh yeah that's a great idea and i'm like so maybe if you shut the fuck up you learn something and <laughs> then i sleep on the couch <laughs> it's okay buddy i'm there too all right because <laughs> uh, i'm i'm the one that tries to finish my wife's stuff she's like that's that's not at all what i was going to say yeah like, oh my bad <laughs> oops yeah oops <laughs> Uh, so instead, make it a habit of asking questions. Make it a habit of seeking advice. Right. Uh, there's an ancient proverb that still holds true to this day. Um, and it's, it basically says, In the abundance of counselors, there is wisdom. Meaning, 
you have people on your team for a reason. You have they're, they're put there for a reason. Whether you want them there or not, whether you got to choose them or not, they're there for a reason. Use them. A- ask them the questions. Hey, what do you guys think about this? I have that. Oh, please tell me you just ashed in your lap. Uh, yeah, and I also burned myself. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, folks. I just saw it making a face and it made me laugh. Um, so you, they're there for a reason. You know, ask them the question. You don't know everything. I don't know how many times um, you, you just can't. I don't know how many times I, I'm like, hey, I think this is a great way to go. This is the way we're going to go. And I've had people come up and be like, hey, boss, I don't think that's we should do it this way. And I'm like, whatever, dude, we're going to go this way because this way is right. I know that a dozen is 11. It's fine. 11 is a dozen. I already know that. And they're like, man, boss, I think a dozen is 12. And I'm like, nope, it's 11. We're going to go 11. Go 11. <laughs> Final answer, lock it in. And they're like, it's 12. I'm like, son of a bitch. Why didn't you guys try to tell me? But, and they're yeah. like, we, we did. We, yeah, you, you didn't listen. You said you didn't need us. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I'm like, Ugh. all right. So instead, try to make, make sure you're trying to consistently better yourself and your team. Not just yourself, but also your team. Uh, was it two ears, one mouth, so you can hear twice as much as people speak? However yeah. that saying goes, I'm pretty sure I butchered it, but you, you, the same idea exists. So if you, you don't focus on your team, you're not going to help yourself, and you're not going to help yourself if you don't focus with your team. So it's all a big like recycling circle of efforts. Right. Um, another thing that a leader needs to avoid is forgetting to take care of themselves. And I'm talking about as in like spiritual, mental, social, and physical health. Whatever that means to you, that means to you. Um, I, you know, I, I see this a lot of times with either leaders. Uh, I see it a lot with mothers too, where they will work themselves sick and refuse to take themselves to the doctor. And what, ter- what should have been a simple cold turns into like pneumonia or bronchitis or something else and it takes them 10 times longer to get over when if they would have just gone to the doctor so it would have been fine they would have been back at full strength for like after you know two three days but now you're down you're laid up for like three weeks yes and you're now you're forced to take a time off when all you had to do is from the beginning if you took care of yourself from the beginning now i will say for as myself because there's been a lot of talk of mental health, mental awareness throughout the past couple of years. I don't want to say it's a new thing. It's always been there. But if I had to pick one of those for myself, it was definitely the mental one. Because I yep. keep a lot of things to myself, which I am 100% working on because I want to be a real wound, real rounded, rounded. I can speak. Leader. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, practice what <laughs> you preach. Yes. One of those. Oh, okay. Um, a lot of people have morning routines. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of people, and, and you, I don't know. I see I see it in movies. I see it when I listen to people like Simon Sinek or Dave Ramsey or um, just people who who garner a large following. They usually have a morning routine that takes care of these areas. It's a morning run, a small prayer, meditation session, um, a phone call to a friend or a colleague or a parent, like getting them ready for the day or, you know, going to the gym, just whatever it is, you know, that helps them kind of take, get ready for the day, prep themselves for the day. And then, you know, at the very end, they can sit there and go, okay. And they reflect on the end of the day. Um, there's a lot of these people, uh, leaders that I've seen that they schedule out, uh, block of time for free thinking you know and it's like usually just wherever their mind kind of goes and whether whatever they need to do they just do they take care of themselves yeah if you're one of the people that believe like you have to take care of everything yourself like ah it's not going to get done unless i do it or nothing is ever done unless i do it or any of those type little mantras that you say to yourself um, you're being more of a manager instead of a leader because a leader is supposed to inspire others to take care of business, whereas a manager just really just takes care of business. So yeah. you just, you're just basically just changing out your hats and you probably want to take a moment and reflect on that free thinking time frame that you were speaking of and yeah. just see what's really going on in your head. You, you still don't have an Apple Watch yet. You have that other watch. Um, I have a Garmin. The Apple Watch gives a moment, and you've witnessed this yourself in person. It'll tell you to stand up, 
It'll also sometimes throughout the day, it'll ask you to take a breath, take a deep breath, take a five minute pause of life. The watch will do all that. Uh, fortunately, I turned it all off. A little annoying to me because it was doing it at the wrong times of day. <laughs> but yeah, I think we was what, at a cigar lounge or a coffee yes. shop or some shit. Yes. And I just stood the fuck up and he was like, <laughs> the hell are you what? doing? I was like, my watch told me to stand up. <laughs> well, I did uh, it. Yeah. Kind of cleared the space, cleared the thought process, and then, and then we got back to business. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and that's the thing. You, you can't be afraid to delegate. You can't be afraid to, to say, hey, I need to take this time. I'm having a problem processing this big sale, this loss of a big sale, or this process, or this whatever, this loss of a product. I just need some time to be my be with myself and my thoughts and kind of and recoup and re-energize and recharge. That's why a lot of times you know you get vacation days, but people use those for like, hey, I'm hungover on a Monday after <laughs> Super uh, Bowl, you know, the Super Bowl <laughs> or something, and they're like, oh, I I would stay home. Like, no, you know, use that time to go out into nature, camping, whatever. I don't know, go into the city and find something new that you like to do. I don't, whatever it is, do that and recharge batteries one thing a leader should avoid is showing gratitude no they should not not avoid <laughs> it's a it's like almost a double negative it was, it was a double yeah it was a double negative so so and a leader that avoids showing gratitude is toxic I'm throwing it out there I know it's a buzzword for a lot of people and they're like meh whatever it, no it's toxic it's fucking toxic and the reason I say this is because when you have somebody who comes up and they do something for you, hey, did you prep this, this, my speech? Did you prep this presentation? Blah, 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 blah. And they kill it. And that sets you up for success and everything else. And you take all the credit. What, you know, you didn't show any gratitude to that person. So they're going to sit there and just be like, I'm, I'm not working for you anymore. Uh, it's in every Lifetime movie, every fucking, like, <laughs> Hollywood movie, you know? The boss is overbearing, never gets to show any gratitude, and then come around, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we all seen it. Um, it. It literally costs nothing to be nice and to recognize other people's contributions. I show gratitude. I'm not saying I don't show gratitude. But I'm not going to show gratitude for something that you already are supposed to be doing. Like, oh, you paid your light bill. Good job paying your light bill. That's something no. you're fucking supposed to do. So right. I'm not going to... When I'm talking, when I think of showing gratitude, I mean when someone goes above and beyond of what the normal circumstances could be. Like if someone wrote me a speech, by all means, hell yeah, fucking good job on writing that speech. Yes, yeah, I'm going to show my gratitude for that. But I hate the leaders that try to show gratitude and they weren't even present. Like the CEO coming down saying, "Hey guys, we did a great job on the sales or whatever." We. Motherfucker, you was playing nine rounds of golf. <laughs> what do you mean, yeah. we? You know, I don't want that gratitude. You can go ahead and keep that gratitude and give it to whoever wants wants it. Because I, I don't want that gratitude. I want the gratitude from the guy that was right there in the thick and of this whole thing. Through this the trenches with you. We, we worked through this together. He's the leader. I follow his example. And we both came out alive at the end. Man, that was a good job. Thanks, sir. That was good on you, too. Yeah. Yeah. No matter how big of a deal you think you are, you got to remember your success is dependent on other people, whatever. I, and people are like, well, I worked for whatever. No, I get it. You have somebody who's dependent upon, uh, you have, you are dependent upon somebody else for your success, whether that is your underlings, your subordinates that are making you look good, that help prop you up, whether that's the customers or the consumers that are buying your product are propping you up or whatever the case is <clears throat> you are not as big of a deal as you think you are without their assistance and it costs like i said it costs nothing to be nice it just made me think of like the right hand henchman for villains and stuff when you were talking about that yeah. <laughs> pull the lever crunk <laughs> wrong lever <laughs> i don't know why that ended my head but yeah after you got finished that's what i thought of. fair enough <laughs> um, yeah, so so yeah, don't you, you got to show the, show the gratitude for the people who work underneath you, and and whatever that's that means. I 
I like you were talking about earlier, the CEOs who come down and they say, oh, we did a great job this quarter, blah, blah, blah. You know, the company's going to enjoy a really big bonus. Bitch, no. Because I know where that bonus is going. That's going into your paycheck and fuck you. Give the <laughs> bonus to the people who made the bonus happen. Like, come on now. Um, so, so, you know, show the gratitude in a real way. If it's an award, if it's money, time off. Hey, guys, we did such a badass job. We, we finished the quarter out early. There's still 12 days of the quarter. Why don't we just go ahead and I'm going to cut the last six of those days off and we're going to split it in the middle. We work for the next six days and take the, the last six days and do whatever the fuck you guys want with your family. You get a six day free vacation, still paid. Boom. Hey, yeah. I'm about that life. Like, Let's go. <laughs> You just got followers forever. Yeah, I'm good. Like, I, I'm, shit, you saying if I if I end the quarter 12 days early, I get six days off. So if I end it a month early, I get 15 days? Let's not get carried away. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm thinking in my head. I'm like, I wonder what would happen if I ended it like this. And then they come down if they, you know, hey, guys, we ended it a month early, so we're going to knock off the last, you guys take the last 12 work days or 13 work days off. Yeah. Okay done yeah. i'm out you know well, even if you're not in a position to have something like that happen i mean even if you're the leader of i don't know six or seven people be like hey guys lunch is on me this friday we're, we're all getting pizza we're all going to the garden and it's on, and it's on me and i mean even just small showings of gratitude can also show big appreciation to those yeah yeah it's just something uh, you know even a gift basket um a little extra, uh, just a, a handwritten note that actually personally, I like the handwritten notes that personally acknowledge that person's contribution from the team leader. Because if you can, if that team leader pays enough attention to your your team and they can write out, Timmy, man, you were killer on those phone calls. Way to go on the cold calls. You have a natural talent for this. Keep up the great work. Helen, you are so awesome at keeping us organized and da 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 and tracking this, that, and the other thing. I'm so happy to have you on my team. Keep up the great work. Just something like that. You go around to the whole team, you do that. They're going to be like, oh, what does your say? Oh, it's not the same? Holy shit, he actually paid attention? Oh, Hand man, written. that's awesome. Yeah. Handwritten. Not yeah. dicta no, I, dictated, I, I, but not read. No, good thought. <laughs> it was written by my secretary. I always yeah. love those. Yeah. I mean, a handwritten note nowadays goes a long way. Yeah. You hardly ever get those anymore. Correct. Correct. All right. So another thing leaders should avoid is uh, lying, cheating, and gossiping. Oof. I know those are three big ones. Well, yeah, and and I, I love all. I love that one. I love this whole segment right now because it pays dividends in the long run. Oh, call it, I call the baby ugly. That baby's ugly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, especially the last one for me is gossip. Gossip is such an easy thing to get into, right? So, but when you, you got to guys, you guys are understand if you're a leader and you engage in idle gossip, right? <clears throat> it takes away all your credibility with your with your subordinates. It takes it all away. Oh well, you know, the boss says blah 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 blah. Well, if the boss didn't, you know, didn't make sure it was true or whatever, then it just took away all their credibility. Then the next time you come down, you're like, "Hey, we're getting, we gotta have some layoffs." So like, yeah, whatever. Are you even sure? Like, do you even know? Because how can we be sure now? You know? Yeah. Uh, it just sucks. Um, there's a test that I like to put. This is a man. I'm trying to remember who the. I think it was an ancient Grecian. I forget who it was, but he always asked you. Said uh, before you pass any sort of information, does it pass the the the, the, he called it a three sieve test, like a sieve, like a sift, sifter type thing. But he says, does it pass the three <laughs> tests? Is it verifiably true? Is the piece of information you're going to tell me, did you verify it to be 100% true? Or did you just hear it from Jill, Jill, who heard it from Sally, who heard it from Bob, who heard it from, you know, Joe, and, and we have no fucking idea if it's actually true or not. Um, so is it verifiably true? One. Two. Is it good? Does it make the person look good? Hey, I heard this person did a really good job on that presentation. Hey, I heard Joe is, you know, going to vol volunteer at Toys for Tops or the soup kitchen. Is it good, like heartwarming type information? No, it's bad. 
oh well okay so then is it useful information is it like <laughs> hey i you know so and so got a horrible burn on their face and maybe you know don't make a reaction to when they come in and they're very conscientious about it. oh okay cool got it i'll you know maybe i can I cannot be shocked and I can expect the worst instead of like, hey, Joe goes home one day and comes back the next day and you're like, the fuck happened to your face? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I'm not, like that's, a, that's a very, very uh, extreme part. But, you know, is it true? Is it good? Is it heartwarming? And is it useful information? If it doesn't pass any of those three tests, don't pass that information along. Don't even entertain it because it has no business being you know spread yeah that's that's oftentimes where i hear something similar or whatever and i'm like why are you telling me this just, yeah just why are you sharing this information with me what is the point behind this because it, i i didn't know about your test i should have read up on it a little bit more beforehand but that's Basically, I'm running that test when I say, why are you sharing this information with me? Right. Because it, it makes no sense. It's, it, obviously, it doesn't sound truthful. It is not good information. And there's nothing about it is useful. So why the fuck are you sharing this with me? And you want me to start spreading the same thing that you're this nonsense that you're telling me now? So, yeah, I, I don't got I don't have time for that. Right. Socrates. Socrates. Socrates so, is a person. Socrates. So Socrates. Uh, you can call it the filter test, right? And, you know, filter. So C is a little outdated. Call it the filter test. So is it true? Is it good? Is it useful? If it's not, why are you telling me this? Why are you, um, you know, why are you sitting here saying, hey, did you hear about Jill? I heard she's, had, I heard she's having a, an affair on her husband. No, I don't care. Why? What is it? What business of it is of mine uh, to say all this stuff? To sit there and you know know this information? Does it help me in any way? No. Yeah. Okay, then is it actually true? Oh, I don't know. Um, it reminds me of the. I, I know you haven't seen the American Office. Michael Scott, the um, the boss, heard a rumor about one of his guys was having an affair, and so he starts blasting it around the office, and then he he confronted the guy. I said, hey, are you actually having an affair? And he's like, I'm, his guy's like, please don't tell anybody. I'm going to end it. I, I, I messed up. I, you know, my wife knows about it. I'm going to end it right now. I'm, I'm going away. And so because of that, he freaks out. And so he starts spreading a false rumor about every single person in the office. <laughs> Terrible rumors about every single person in the office, except for himself. And, uh, and they all get spread around the office. And I was like, oh yeah, you're, you know, oh, this person's, gay or this person uh, you know is 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 a transvestite or this person's i don't even remember like anorexic or bulimic or whatever and like all of these other things and people are like no who told you all of this and, like, oh, <laughs> and they traced it all back to him eventually and he you know he kind of got outed but it was just like it just took all of this credibility away so yeah, yeah it's good it's a good test to follow it's a three <laughs> called three filter test i like the three filter test all right I can stick with that. The, the thing with leaders, especially with what you just shared, the thing with leaders is when they lie or when they make up something or just dishonest about whatever they're trying to hide, that eventually will come out. It will be out by all the employees. It'll be out by the customer. Or eventually the, the leader is going to have to pretty much tell on himself after a while. Right. Everything comes out in the wash, right? Yeah. That's how the saying goes. But see that's the thing about leaders you are to serve you are meant to be the role model of your company you're served you serve to be the standard for the employees to model after a the boss doesn't do this so i don't do this but if you're if you're cheating and you're skimming off the top a little bit and somebody catches out finds out hey boss is taking like 10 percent of every sale and he's calling <laughs> it this other thing oh well if the boss is doing it we could take five percent and no one's ever going to know because the boss says we could do it. And, you know, then everybody tries to get a piece. There's nothing left for the company. The company goes under. And they're like, well, how did this happen? Well, the <laughs> boss didn't set a good example. House gets 10%. Mm. <laughs> but the thing is, is being a leader, you have to be that 
the no the be all in all truth to all so when i come to you i can inspect like you tell me the real the realness what is really going on the truthfulness like I, i'm tired of hearing all these rumors boss what's really going on like is the baby ugly yes yes the baby's ugly that's what i expect from leadership from right the top down really to be honest with you from the top uh, down I, because yeah. that's that's what you expect yeah it's i i uh, you know you can expect politicians to lie i i 100 expect politicians to lie i somewhat expect ceos to lie but if i'm working for somebody and the ceo is like yeah we're gonna have a great quarter we're set up so great and then you have the worst quarter on record you're like what the fuck were you talking about dude like and anybody in the know they're sitting there hey guys i'm so good (laughs) i'll tell you this i just had this kind of happen to me and it it made me lose all credibility for my current boss um (laughs) i I should you not but um they said uh i just went down and talked to another another place of business and they were asking me what how i think that they should conduct their business what kind of processes they should put in place and they said you know what's so great is all i had to do was look at our processes and just tell them to do what we do and it was so easy because we're so great and everything is wonderful meanwhile in that time we're posting the we're posting some of the lowest quality assurance rates um in in the company right now on our in our <laughs> like in our at our place of business and i'm like how what do you mean obviously our processes are broken obviously <laughs> something is wrong and you're telling other people to do what we're doing no fuck that it's a terrible <laughs> idea like no why and so of course you know they're just trying to butter everybody up and, oh we're so good and we're so great and i'm like oh you're just you're you're an idiot either you're an idiot or you're dishonest either way i don't want to follow you <laughs> Numbers don't lie, my friend. Numbers don't no. lie. <laughs> yeah, it just it, and I even looked looked at one of my buddies, and I just kind of like side eyed him, and he side eyed me, and we just kind of like and I like gave him a little nod, and he just shook his head, and we both started laughing, and just looked down. And we just were like right there, you just lost two <laughs> middle managers from following your lead ever. <laughs> I was like, are, are we serious right now? Like. Oh, this is what this is what this is what you're gonna say in front of everybody. All right, all right, all right. You're an idiot. Got it. <laughs> but in in fairness, not everyone is gonna know that, right? Unless they know the numbers. Right. Right. Which is why I'm like, you know. But again, it's gonna get ousted because the within probably within a week of that of the boss saying that somebody was like, well, you know, the boss said. And I was like, pause. Let's let me show you what the numbers say. <laughs> and they got and I got I got to educate them. And I was like, I'm not doing this to, to put you down or to put the boss down or anything else. I'm trying to be real with you and just be transparent. Here's where the, I think the boss is wrong. Take from this what you will, but this is what I think. And I said, here's my numbers to back it up. And they go, oh, why would the boss say something? We need to do something about this. We gotta have better practices in place and blah, 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 blah. And I said, okay. And that's I said. And that's that. Therein lies the problem. And nobody, <laughs> nobody, no boss, no CEO wants to come down to a branch or to wherever and go, guys, you fucking suck. <laughs> like nobody wants to put anybody down because they probably know that they suck. But I get it. But it's guys, got to do better. You fucking suck. Huh. That's ways to say it. You know, we need to tighten things up. We're moving in the right direction. Right now, we're at a low point. There's other ways you can go about still saying the baby's ugly without just blatantly telling somebody off. I don't know. <laughs> it's a one-on-one. You tell that. <laughs> no, you tell the branch manager they suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, avoid. Leaders should avoid not being accessible. Yes. Yes, I agree with this. Yeah. I, you got to be available. The team will have no... No new ideas. Uh, the team, otherwise, no, no, it won't be brought up in the environment. They could, uh, it could be turned toxic if the leadership isn't available for them. All everyone involved could start just anarchy. Well, 
the thing to me is if you have a gatekeeper, right? So um, I was watching Masterclass, and it was George. That was George W. Bush's Masterclass, and he was talking about a time where his dad, H. W., was saying, "I got a problem with my team at the White House. I have no idea." And at the time, W. was the owner of the Texas Rangers, and so his dad asked him to come in and say, could you take a look at my team and interview my team, kind of figure out where, where, where my shortcomings are. What, what's, where's the weak part? Yeah. So he came in and he, he interviewed the whole team and was asking questions and da, da, da. And he came back to his dad and his dad said, well, how'd we do? And he goes, you're not available enough. He said, you're the president of the United States of America and nobody on your team feels like they can come just walk into your office and tell you, an idea, get an answer, and go about their business. They feel like they have to go through your gatekeepers, whoever the you know, the chief of staff or whoever it is. And and so it's it's actually slowing down processes and you're not able to react quickly enough to whatever is happening out there. So there's your that's why you're stagnant. That's why nobody is trying to do all this stuff and nobody's trying to help you out because nobody feels like they can come talk to you. I can definitely understand that because if there's no one there for you to bounce your ideas off of or even get your voice heard, then what's the point of being a leader if you're not even going to listen to your people? Right. And that's the thing. And, and sometimes it's not even you being inaccessible. It's your secretary. It's your, um, you know, your second in command. Your, you know, if you're a project manager leading multiple teams, it's your team leaders not funneling things up correctly. And that's where that's where you got to get out from behind your desk. You got to go walk the streets. You got to go figure out, shake hands, rub elbows, figure out what people are working on. Get the get the updates directly from the team members. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them if they're having any problems. Figure out what the hell's going on. Um, it it takes a little bit of time and energy. Yes, and it can. And are we busy as leaders? A hundred percent, we are. But. Um, you got to be able to to be accessible to your team because otherwise you're not even you're just a figurehead well yeah when you said accessible leaders just come down some i have seen where someone in charge or a leader if you want to call them that would be like we need to get a b and c done and then you don't see them for months Mm -hmm. then they come back and be like so how did a b and c are they done and you're like well a the machine broke B, three people die, and C, we ran out of material. So no, it didn't get done. Like how? How? Why didn't I know this? Well, you, you disappeared. Yeah, you can't. You can't delegate the task and then come, and then walk away completely. You're abandoning your people at that point. Um, the problem is, is you know, you guys get, like people are. They, 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 things happen. This is the real world. This is not a laboratory experiment when all the variables are controlled. Things happen. <laughs> hey, you know, like, hey, guys, uh, I can't get X, Y, and Z done because I don't have the, you know, like I said, the materials or the machine or whatever. Or, hey, I need you to, you said print t-shirts. You said print 100 t-shirts. What color the fuck did you want the t-shirts? You, you didn't know I wanted them green? <laughs> no, I was going to go with white. What do, you, what do you mean? No, green? <laughs> what the fuck? Nobody told me that you wanted green shirts. And I was trying to ask you, but your secretary or your chief of staff or your team lead or whoever, I asked them and they said, just print a hundred of every color. So now you have 1700 t-shirts in all of the different <laughs> colors. That's a waste of money. I can't believe we're going to have a bad quarter now. Well, if you were more accessible, I could ask you a question. Or if your team lead had funneled it up to you, like they said they were going to, uh, you know, this all could have been avoided, but I asked a question. I didn't get a good answer. I did what I was told. And now we have 1700 t-shirts and what fuchsia or whatever the fuck color. I don't, I don't know what you want from me. Uh, you know, there's, you've got to be accessible. What I wanted from you was a hundred green shirts. Did you well, get at least that? No. Then <laughs> fuck, you're useless to me. <laughs> good job. Right. Yeah. Um, I think another thing, uh, another thing that you should avoid doing is you got it. Well, a mistake that people make if you don't give regular feedback about performance. I, I've actually said that quite a bit. Uh, different jobs I had, 
if you don't tell me that I am a doing a good job, not necessarily pats on the back, but at least a good job, or B, I'm doing a bad job, then I'm gonna continue moving forward with whatever direction I feel fit. Right. Yeah. You know, people achieve the high performance only if they know the truth about their effectiveness. Uh, if you ignore that, you're robbing their people the key to their future. Hey, I think you're a really great organizer and you keep us on task and that's really wonderful and you track things and you're very well organized and I love that about you. However, when it comes to making widgets, you're, you're falling a little short. Your widgets are not up to par. So out of the 50 widgets you made, only 10 are viable. So I, you know, that's, that's 40 widgets that I lost worth of materials that I lost, but you've organized this and actually made everybody else make more widgets. So that's kind of covered up for the loss. But I think you either need to get better at making widgets or I need to move you into just a managerial, like organizer tracker type role. So your talents could be put to better use. And that's, that's perfect for a leader to step in that type of situation to understand the placement of the people, which we will have an episode on that eventually. Yeah. I mean, and don't, don't get us wrong. We've, we've talked about feedback and, and we're not going to hit on it too much because there's a whole episode on feedback. Go back, watch that, watch that episode. Yeah, Listen to it. that episode. <laughs> watch it while we talk on Spotify. Um, <laughs> feedback sucks, especially painful feedback. Like when it's bad feedback, that sucks. But if you can deliver it in such a way where people are like, oh, okay, I get where I, my shortcomings are, but I have really other good talents. Maybe I need to pursue those talents and I actually enjoy that stuff more anyways. Okay, cool. Or if they say, hey, no, I really enjoy the stuff that I'm bad at, but I, I don't really like the stuff that I'm good at. It just comes easily to me. Then go, okay, then let's, ta- let's, let's develop you into a better widget maker, whatever the case is. <laughs> I like widgets. Widgets. So. Well, it's good, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that, are you in your final third? I am definitely in my final third, sir. And I must tell you that I think it's due to the fact of the the length of the cigar. My oak has turned to like a charred oak. And I mm. still have leather. But instead of leather, it's like a leathery roasted nuts. Mm. Maybe like pistachio. Yeah, it's good. This this cigar was great. Interesting. Um, mine has, uh, you know, for a being called Charter Oak, I'm getting a lot of cedar. <laughs> uh, it's it's cedar with a hint of black pepper. Well, throughout the episode, I, I saw you messing with it quite a bit. So I would say that you had construction issues with that one. I, I did. I did. That's why, you know, this is why we say always buy two of a new cigar. I have another one. It's in the humidor. It's been resting. Um, yeah, I'm getting a little bit of, I get, I get cedar almost like, uh, it, this also did have a closed foot at the beginning. Um, ah. So, you know, I could have thrown the taste off at the very beginning, but cedar, leather, and black pepper what i'm getting all right it's always a good combo for a cigar it's not a bad yeah i'm not mad at the, co- the combo no, it's a no. little, little too cedary for me um but cedar's uh i know it's such a prominent flavor in cigars <laughs> i get that give me the hate mail i don't care um <laughs> wow i love cedar what is this guy talking about it's just a little goes a long way for me you know, like the like the cedrus is just damn near like <laughs> I'm choking down a, a, a literally like a plank of cedar. <laughs> uh, good but, with some salmon. Salmon. All right. But uh, so yeah, we talked about we talked about um, you know common mistakes uh, leaders leaders make um, and you know how to how to make sure you don't do that and then also we talked about the the image and a little bit of the history and how the cigars became a status symbol the way they have yeah i want to look like the cover of reasonable doubt jay-z's <laughs> album 
with my cigar. <laughs> Big Willie style. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it is always wonderful, as as always, my friend, uh, to sit here and chat with you. The same on my end, sir. All right. Until next time, I'm Austin. And this is Dice. We'll catch you on the next one. All right. Thank you for listening to Leadership of the Leaf. The comments and opinions expressed by the host and guests does not reflect the opinions of those that broadcast this show, nor does it reflect any of our affiliates.